On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You sort of look at the package and I was underwhelmed. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. Here's your hosts, Rob Christie and Matt Robinson. Oh, it's been quite a week as we kick off another episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast, episode 947. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow there. Man, it's it's like two Christmases. There's a lot going on. We got we got baseball trade season colliding with hockey trade season. Uh, things are happening all over the place. Rob over there, Matt over here. What are you saying today, man? I'm saying everybody loves spring for a variety of reasons. I think since the last time we did the show, the, the, there's a pile more grass that's visible. Mm-hmm. We've had some fantastic weather. The dog shit is now clearly visible in the backyard. Oh, yeah. That that um, you know sort of has been you know not Neglected. really taken care of. Yes, exactly. Now partially, partially now. Uh, you know, but there's always those ones where you go, oh look at that, oh look at that. But I'm also I'm also not loving the the constant overcast and and rainy. Like it feels like a shitty late fall day here. Yeah, see, it feels like spring to are. me. Yeah, it's, it's oh, spring is rain, and, right? It's cold and wet, man. Yeah, I don't, I, that's, that's spring. That's, that's March, but I, I don't mind twelve and a little bit of rain. And you like, know, you got at least one more blast of winter coming. There's always a week or two after you think it's over, it, it hits you one last time. So. I don't care about that. Okay, I really don't. And it, and it's one of those things where you go, yeah, you can hit me with a fifty centimeter snow now. I'm totally good with that, and I hope hope I'm not inviting that. Yeah, but the reality is, yeah, at this point, I know you can do your worst, and it's 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 short term. Uh I'll bring it. I'm good with whatever whatever comes my way. But you know, maybe not all of us are as interested in what you're calling on here. Yeah. Well, okay, but that's there's a lot of that. I've lived my life like that, Matt. Yeah. There's not all of us are as interested in whatever you're calling on right, <laughs> right now. <laughs> what have you called on there? This is a. Um, it's called Brulesque, mm-hmm. nice. which is a West Coast IPA from Barley Days out of Picton. Oh, see, I've had some Barley Days back in uh, the 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 days. Yeah, back <laughs> in your Belleville. 
A little bit afterwards, yeah. Like the craft scene was just not quite what it was or has become, right? But uh, yeah, I was back in that area for a wedding at one point, for some camping at one point. The place is uh, is booming with uh, wineries and craft breweries now, and and that was one of them. One of my first craft beers I ever tried was the the wheat beer from uh, from Barley Days. So I took down a pilsner from them yesterday that really was not pilsner esque. It was it was sweeter and and sort of more malty mm-hmm. than I would normally expect from a, I didn't like it a lot. Came in a small can. Like to me, you're like, strike, strike, strike. Yeah. Oh, you're out, man. You're out. <laughs> so this bad boy, as I said, about 6.3 and it, it talks about, again, it's a West Coast IPA. So I'm expecting like hop right up front, right? Mm, that sounded tentative. Yeah. A little bit. Carry um, on. But it, it talks it talks again about stone fruit, and I'm like, why can't you just say if it's like if it is apricot and plum and whatever? Like, why can't you just say that? Right. Stone fruit to me means that you're you're the douchebag of the of the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me, seedless over here. We are stone fruit. Beat it. So, anyways, <laughs> um, it's it's not that hoppy. I don't find it in, on the first pull. It, it, it tastes kind of smooth, actually, and I'm not sure about the stone fruit, but um, it's not bad. And that's all it's stone fruit means is a seedless. That's that's stone fruit. Well, I, I think it's it's something with a pit. Oh yeah, okay. Plum, nectarine, apricot, sure. something with a stone right in the middle of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I'm not sure if um, oh Christ, it escapes me now. The green thing you make guacamole out of cabbage. <laughs> yes, Matt. Sweet potato, <laughs> cauliflower. No, none of the above. turnip. Mm, yeah, a good turnip guac. I, I, I'm I'm not sure if that qualifies as a stone fruit either. But right. um, it, it actually the whole thing escapes me now. Rambling. Yeah. What do you have over there? Uh, this is something new from the Alora Brewing Company. New again. Aloha. Alora with an R. Uh Knew a guy back in high school, college age from Alora. Bit of a douchebag. And I believe it starts with an E too, doesn't it? I have no idea. Uh, where's this? Alora versus Alora? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, this is called the Lady Friend IPA, which is ironic because I don't think the guy I knew from Alora ever had one of those, but. Uh, right. This is a, it says it's a, a strong beer, 6%. And then offers nothing else in the way of, of description in terms of uh, what you can count on here. So far, pretty pedestrian. I don't. I still, after two sips, have no idea what I'm supposed to expect out of this. Not overly hoppy. Not overly citrusy. There's just not a lot going on, man. So it sounds a lot like like maybe your lady friend comes in a box and is made out of rubber or latex. Yeah, could be, man. And needs some serious inflation. Right. There's not <laughs> enough going on here. So now the picture on it is a is a woman appears to be punching a bear in the face. So there's a story somewhere that we're just not getting enough of. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, to me, that that speaks to bitter. Yeah, That's, that speaks to there is should be something going on. Like there, she's Matt. bitter, or the bear went ahead and bitter. Nope. Yeah, okay. uh, you know what? The, the bear was not even in the equation. It was bitter tasting, bitter woman. Right. It, it, it was though. It was a combo of those two things. So you bitter, yeah. Bit him too. 
Thank you. There you go. Coming up on Thursday morning, our buddy, a uh, guy I've been interacting with a fair bit on Twitter. He's a lot of fun. Stand-up comedian John Wing. He's got two books coming out this summer. He's also a big Leaf guy. So uh, we'll have lots to talk about with him. And as I've mentioned before, on March 31st, so that's a week from Thursday, Michael Barclay. He's a great Canadian music writer, and he has a new book coming out in April, which is called Hearts on Fire, Six Years That Changed Canadian Music. And uh, so those are your next two Thursday morning shows. Should be a lot of fun as we get a chance to uh, to speak to those guys. We'll share the links to the pre-order pages for those books uh, in the show notes if you're interested. Um, man, Michael Barkley will also clearly be breaking down WrestleMania with you. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Michael Barclay. I'm not sure if he's a wrestling guy or not. Well, we'll have to ask him. Am I right with that? Is, is wrestling it's coming up like I, April 2nd and 3rd? I, I saw it on Sportsnet. It could be. It it's almost always in that, like that neighborhood, right? Like that f- first week of April, last week of March kind of, kind was, of area. I was on Sportsnet watching the beginning of the Matt Chapman era of uh, Toronto Blue Jays baseball this right. afternoon and uh, saw him launch one today. Can't wait to see him looking at that mm-hmm. left field fence out there at Sky Dome, so um, or Rogers Center. Or, sure. You know, the world's greatest entertainment facility, whatever they're building themselves these days. Yikes. Um, yeah, I know I'm going way back. We're going to save the hockey talk for just a minute, and there is plenty of it. Um, and we'll say up front, we're not going to speculate on what's left to do, but we will comment on everything that has been done, including a trade made by Rob's Ottawa Senators that he's not aware of yet. So I'll break that for him in just a minute. But before we do, I wanted to talk just briefly about Carlos Correa and his signing with the Minnesota Twins. And there had been a ton of talk uh, all week that the Yankees were in on him, that the Astros, of course, would be able to, to maybe bring him back. Uh, the Red Sox at different points were, were in on him. And you were sort of starting to see the same old, same old... And then all of a sudden, I think it was on Friday night late that Mm -hmm. uh, we hear he's off to the Minnesota Twins. And you quickly jump back and go, wait, didn't the Minnesota Twins just dump $44 million of Josh Donaldson on the Yankees? And then, okay, so they turned around and spent that on three years of Carlos Correa. It's a $105 million deal over three years, but he has the ability, and this is the interesting part to me, to opt out after each of the two seasons if he feels like, which is, I don't know, when you kind of compare and contrast with the NFL and their ability to sign you to a five-year deal where they can punt you at any time is is an interesting way to start to see this turn a little bit. Um, but it circles back kind of to what we talked about last week, this idea that maybe that extra playoff spot makes teams a little more interested in trying to contend uh, maybe it's the excitement of coming out of this. We have seen after other work stoppages, teams are, are ready to spend a bit. They're, you know, they, there's some certainty now in the system for the next five years on what things are going to look like. Uh, man, there was something... I, I was blown away that that's where this guy landed over some of the hawks that were circling around him. You sent the text when we were sort of knocking it back and forth and you said uh, you know, things that you were interested in talking about and you're like... Carlos Correa signs with the Twins, and I'm like, what? At, at that point, I didn't even, I hadn't even been sure. aware of it. Yeah. Um, and then you start to look through it, and and it's this idea. You see that you see the byline saying, you know, three years, 105 million, and you're like, wow, 35, 
35 schmill a season, right? <laughs> and, and really, what does this mean to the Astros now with back-to-back seasons of, you know, you lose Springer, mm-hmm. they lost Cole, they now they lose Correa, and you're like, you know, I, that is the price of, of being in contention for six years. Yeah, people start picking away at you. Yeah, and, and you sort of, um, the carcass is, is what it is. <laughs> um, but really, it's it's... It's a th- it's a thirty five million dollar one year contract, and Correa gets to say, "I got you know, what else is out there for me?" Yep, we'll try if this I again opt- next year. If I opt out of this, maybe I can maybe the market shifts a bit more, and I can leverage a good season in Minnesota into you know a four year one hundred and sixty million. Who knows, right? Yep, yep. So to me, this is. You know, there's a lot of Twins fans strutting around, and you're like, man, I don't know. Uh, To me, I'm not sure that team is – you're right, the extra playoff spot makes it a bit enticing, but I'm not sure you want to spend that kind of cake on a short-term deal that could be really short. Yeah, if if you're not going to go anywhere with it. It's interesting that you bring that up and and mention the fact that you know, like you say, it's essentially if Correa wants it to be, it's a one-year deal, and um, his agent is Scott Boris and, uh, guy's a bit of a flexor, right? He, he walks around and he kind of runs a lot of these big names and there's some talk that he reached out to a lot of teams to, to see where this might fit. And one of them was the Braves who have, uh, an aging shortstop who will be an unrestricted free agent next year. And he offered them the same thing. Do you want Correa on this sort of opt out friendly contract? And Anthopolis said, you know, I guess it's a policy for the Braves. We don't do that. But the talk is maybe this one-year opt-out is with the Braves in mind, right? And when you look at what they recently did oh. in terms of letting Freddie Freeman walk, but then yeah. immediately trading for Matt Olson to play first base for them, as a po- you know, you went from probably having to pay that guy thirty to thirty-five million dollars. You're going to play Matt Olson, who's not the, quite the same guy, but a very good first baseman. You're going to pay him 15. And that's a tidy little piece of business for the Braves. Uh, you lose a fan favorite, no doubt, but you cut the salary in half. And if you have eyes in a year from now on having to pay a top-end shortstop, who will still only be, I believe, 28, just about 29 at the time in Korea, man, that extra 15 million bucks in your pocket, you know, it it almost looks like this is set up a year in advance for how this is going to play out. And so, you know, masterstroke for Correa and and for Boris to get the contract set up that way and maybe already have the next move in their back pocket with the security of if you suck this year or you get hurt or whatever, the twins are still on the hook and going to pay you the year after anyway. Well, and, and it's because they, they got Olsen before they let Freeman go or not let him go, but, before he signed. Yeah, he signed with the Dodgers later. Yes. And so to me, it was... And, and they knew. I, yeah, they knew for sure. And so double A down there, obviously, yeah, he's got the cushion of coming off the World Series, right? Yep. There is a bit of pressure out of the balloon. Yep. And you, you take it down your dip and you uh, and you take another run at it next year. And yeah, you come back with, uh, with a sweet offer. I, I think that makes a pile of sense. I was not aware of that. Right. But... That, to me, makes perfect sense. Let's talk a little hockey. And we'll start here. It's not exactly a whopper, but it is, uh, it is interesting to see that just about 10 minutes before we turn the microphones on, the Ottawa Senators make a deal with the Vancouver Canucks 
Hmm. Ottawa sends a third-round pick to Vancouver for Travis Hamanick, who has a year left at $3 million uh, on his deal. No salary retained. The deal is straight up a third-rounder for Travis Hamanick. What do you think at first blush? Well, I think Ottawa has four-thirds this year, or three-thirds, whatever it is. I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, super underwhelming. <laughs> um, and I've, I haven't, I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't laid a pile of eyes on Travis Hamanick this year. Right. Um, yeah, to me, that was a, a, a deteriorating asset over the past couple of years, whether it was in Calgary or... All of his uh, fancies have been on a steady decline f- for the last six years, according to most of the graphs that you see. Yeah, see, so there you go. My What my eyeball is telling me yeah. is, is proven out by the stats. And, um, well, I would like it to be a good thing. He's clearly not a top four defenseman anymore. Um, we got enough five sixes. Yeah. And at that, and at that price tag, uh, that to me, at first blush, you ask for first blush, yep. that's another shitty pro trade by this organization. Uh, Sends Twitter appears to agree with you, although the best line that I am seeing here as I scroll through some of these says, uh, Hamannick demanded to stay in the West, so Canadian Tire Center will work just fine. Um, not bad there, there but there you go. otherwise, yeah. Uh, James Wood, who's a great follow for, uh, for Sens fans, has said, at this point, I no longer know who's the bigger joke, this management group or us for following them. Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like you said, they have third-round picks. It's not like they're throwing picks away willy-nilly. But what does this do? What did you need this piece for, right? A, an older defenseman who's not really any good that you're going to have to pay full value for. It just, it's illogical, right? And it wasn't, it, people are, people on Sense Twitter, borderline, Ian Mendez is the only one who has said, I'm confused, and Ian's a really nice guy. Everyone else has said, I'm annoyed. So Yeah, well, because to me, you look at, uh, you look at Good Branson, you look at Coburn, you look at Del Zotto, you look at Josh Brown. Yeah. Like these are the names. Look of, at him. These are the names of the guys over the past two seasons that you've brought in on defense. You've had to get rid of them. You were lucky to get rid of Good Branson and Coburn for a pair of like a sixth and a seventh. Yeah. Um, you're burying DJ Smith Zotto. is still talking up Good Branson now that he's out in Calgary. Yeah, we also talks up Josh Brown. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like I like big guys. And I cannot um, lie. Yeah, I like big books and I cannot lie. <laughs> um, you know, the idea that you're, you're paying Del Zotto $2 million to play in Belleville. Like this is, and you gave him a two-year deal. Yep. This is a guy playing on a two-way contract last year in Columbus for six fifty or seven, the minimum. Right. And you signed him for two years, $4 million over two years, and now he's playing in the AHL. He's killing it. Sure. But you're paying him two million bucks yes. to play in Belleville for another year. And now you bring in Hamannick. Uh I loved Hamannick as an Islander. Yes. Of course. Uh, he, great top four guy. Yep. You know, more of a second pair guy. Yep. But wow, that's a, that to me, I won't say terrible. It is it is not a I don't know what the long view is there. Right. Right? In terms of, of what you're doing. And again, further and further, I have less and less faith in this management group to make pro acquisitions mm-hmm. when at this point in time, this team is, is crying out for a top four defenseman and, and a second line left winger, at least at minimum, yep. forget about the goaltending 
Like these are two needs and this does not address that, but it does with another year on the, on the books, put a roadblock in the way of somebody else. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled and frustrated by it. The more I talk about it, to be yeah. honest with you. Well, that's it. As it sort of settles in, right? It's, um, if you decided, and I'm with you, I wouldn't have decided, but th- this is a move you want to make. Why now? Other than maybe Vancouver wants space to do something now. There's no reason for Ottawa to do this now, right? Like if this is a guy you decide we want more experience again in our top four or whatever it's going to be, you could do this over the summer. It just makes no sense that they're doing this now. Um, Friend of the show, Steve Warren tweeted out earlier today that these last 20 games should be a time that you're playing, you know, your kids. Let's like, who's for real and who's not like, let's, you didn't want to be in this situation again this year, but you are. So let's see who's who, who's ready, who's not. And really, especially with Shabbat out now, you got big minutes to fill. Like, let somebody fill them. And I guess we're going to let Travis Hamannick fill them. So, well, and and yeah, to me, it's, it's the extra year. And and this organization does not, well, you wouldn't have done it again, right? Like, unless it's for Vancouver, uh, I guess it's Vancouver's third round pick that they're getting back, but Ottawa wouldn't have brought him in as a rental, right? Like that. that. Right. Well, no. And and there's no need, but the the thing is they don't want to have, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker or Lassie Thompson, they'd like to leave those guys. Maybe, you know, maybe a four or five game setup here, but yeah. I think they're really keen on on having those guys play a lot of minutes and push for a playoff spot in the AHL. And and I, I kind of I understand that and I, I don't mind that concept. Yep. Um but yeah, the second year at three million, it's like you're doing somebody a favor. And man, Brian Murray said well, it a long a favor, time ago. All right. Yeah. You, nobody, you know, nobody's handing you out life preservers. They're throwing you anchors. <laughs> and and to me, this is... Pierre Dorian's happy to have them. Sure, yeah. throw them this way. Well, this is it. Hell of a <laughs> hell of a strong swimmer, clearly. People just keep pitching the iron at him, right? Um, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and this fan base was already, if not at wit's end, yeah. with, with these kinds of acquisitions. And, and you just keep bringing these guys in who can't play. And I'm not saying Travis Hammond can't play, but he's he not what you need in terms of a top 4D. Yeah. Uh, speaking of maybe top 4D, Ooh. we'll see how this is going to be used. Your Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, as we sit here right now, we don't have the return yet, but have acquired from the Seattle Kraken, their captain, Mark Giordano, to come in. And uh, this one, as we sit here right now, we won't spend too much time on because it's hard to assess the deal without knowing what they gave up. What Toronto paid. Right. But um, it appears to me this is Jake Muzzin insurance. You don't know what Muzzin's going to be. He is skating again. He hasn't had a very good year. Is that permanent? Could be. Um, is he going to bounce back and get back to what you expect him to be? Maybe, right? We, we just don't know. Uh, but you've brought in a guy who I would feel best, if I'm being honest, if he was on your third pair. Um, but I expect more likely for him to be on the second pair with either Hall or maybe reunited with Brody, right? We'll see what that looks like. Neither of those guys are what they were when they were a terrific top pair for Calgary. Um, all of Giordano's offensive stats have gone off a cliff. 
but defensively, he still ranks very high across the league, still makes a very nice first pass out of the zone. Um, isn't going to skate it out of the zone anywhere near as well as he used to, uh, but still reasonably physical, still very solid defensively, still top four quality defensively. But yeah, he's lost that step that would make him uh, much more dangerous offensively. That's okay. Like the Leafs have guys to do that part without breaking, you know, like I said, we can't say much about the return, whether this is a great deal or a terrible deal for Toronto without knowing what they've given up. But just the acquisition of Mark Giordano, he's a rental right now. Uh, what do you think? Well, see, and I, was it last week that I brought his name up on here? Yeah. And so, like, to me, I, I, I don't mind his spade work along the boards. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, there's a, there's a lot to like there. It was interesting to hear Dubas last night say, yeah, whatever we do, we're not giving up our first round pick, and I don't want to give up any of our best prospects. So it's going to be quiet, which I yeah, said a few I, weeks ago, right? I Don't be shocked if this is quiet. Because, um, yeah, well, just that he said he won't give up first round picks for rentals. So if there's something longer term or somebody you could bring in and sign, um, I think he's open to that. But he said he won't trade any more first round picks for rentals. So I think just to make sure we have that set. Right. And we don't know. And and so, but it's, it's mere. I'll be shocked spe- if this is a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. 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 But would you be shocked if, because there's going to have to be some salary retained, I would imagine by Seattle, right? For sure. And so when you look at a lot of the trades and we'll get into those, yep. you know, the amount that's being paid for them is shocking yes. in, in, in some ways. And in a lot of these cases, the the air quotes overpay mm-hmm. comes from the salary retention as well as the asset, right? You have Philly keeping money. You have Anaheim keeping money. Like just to me, for Toronto to have this work, I think it's a no-brainer, right? That Seattle has to keep some of that money. They also and were talking which on- Which then sweetens the pot. Yeah, right? you got to pay a little more, right? Um, or pay somebody else a little something-something to take part of it something. for you. Yeah. Uh, we did hear it's all but given, and again, we don't know if it's part of this deal, but that Dermot was going to be leaving. So there's 1.5 if he's going to Seattle, right, that would help even that out a little bit. We don't know that he's part of it, but... Uh, was he teary-eyed? I didn't watch it. I Honestly, I turned off that Nashville game and just was like, fuck it, and I don't need to see the meltdown well, happening online right now, and I didn't watch any of the post-game stuff or read any Twitter afterwards. But just in terms of how he's going to fit in for Toronto, you largely, you know, reasonably good pickup. Yeah, no, I, 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 I floated it last week. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a great pickup right. if, they, if they could make it work. And, and to me, he is, he is the guy who is, however he's going to fit in, whoever he's going to pair with. Yeah. Um, as you suggested, likely in the top four, not in the bottom pairing, right? Probably. Um, but. He is the kind of guy, he brings a lot of chutzpah, mm-hmm. right? He brings a lot of, he's a good character guy too. He, he's, you know, anybody with a bald head like that, <laughs> you, you got to have a bald guy like that, a grizzled, you know, I got more beard than on my, the top of my head. Um, my shoulder I, I, blades. Yeah, it looks <laughs> on my back. Uh, but I do like him. I yeah. do like him for a lot. Uh, he's clearly, you know, as a guy who won a Norris late in his career. Yep. Um, yeah, the numbers, that was such a, that was such a phenomenal year he had that, yeah, everything has, has declined as he closes in on 40, but, um, as it does. It, yeah. If you can, if you can put him in a sweet spot and I, I like it, I like it a lot. I'll be intrigued to see, cause I, I was positive 
I was positive when I heard that Dubas reiterating no first, no, no top end prospects that, yeah, it was going to be Braun from Philadelphia with the low cap hit. Yep. And, you know, as somebody who would fit down in your bottom pair and could kill some penalties and do whatever else that, that to me was, was where I immediately assumed that things were going to go. Well, just, you know, and we'll move off the Leafs here in a second, but on that, like my stance has just sort of been, we have, and I agree with you, like Justin Braun seemed like one of those guys that you could get for reasonably cheap, could be depth guy. I just feel like we have enough of that, right? Like Labushkin is that now, and Dermot is that now, whether he stays or goes. Like, you're sort of, I don't want to give up much more on this team unless it's a top six forward or a top four D. Like, I, I stop throwing assets away for just guys because with the way this team is set up, so top heavy, you have a pile of just guys floating around anyway, right? And so yeah. I, I don't know how... Uh, the one thing I like about the Giordano deal is good penalty killer, right? We can stop yeah. asking Morgan Riley to do that because he's just not good defensively. Uh, he doesn't have to do the power play thing for Toronto. Sandine right. and Riley can handle that. Um, I just think he can kind of fit in, probably on that second pair, probably with Hall, and take some pressure off Muzzin, who maybe now sits on your third pair with either Sandine or Lilligren. I, I, I kind of like it, again, pending the return. And there will be a larger return than people want based on just the player, as you've brought up, because you were paying somebody, whether it's Seattle or a third team, to eat a bunch of salary there for you. So um, well, that's interesting. And I will just say, before I hand it back to you, a bunch of little moves here for the Leafs. Peter Morazic is on waivers. Uh, Nick Robertson has been sent back down. Timothy Lilligren has been sent down. All of this is because guys, if you want to send them down later, have to have been sent, like have to be off your roster by the trade deadline. Uh, the Morazic one is obvious. They're going to bury as much of the salary as they can um, to make some cap space. And they have signed, you may remember this name, my boy from a couple of years ago, Harry Sateri, yeah. the uh, goaltender from... Uh, He's a Finnish goalie. He was the uh, the starter for the Finland gold medal team at the Olympics this year. Had a big year in the KHL in Nova Sevirsk uh, with a 9.22 save percentage there. Uh, a nine-game run with the Florida Panthers made him a legend in the National Hockey League. Um, when you sign someone out of the KHL, they have to clear waivers, I assume. Someone will fuck with us between now and 2 p.m. tomorrow. Just why? Hello, Ottawa. Maybe. Maybe, right? And really, if you're a t like, I don't think anybody's necessarily afraid of Harry Sateri coming no, no. in and going on a run. Yeah. But if you are Tampa, Florida, or Boston, and you have a friend who works for Arizona or Ottawa or whatever, you say, hey, you want to just grab that guy. And whether he reports or not is irrelevant. Just make sure he doesn't. Yeah. Like, why help Toronto at all? Right. right. So well, you've seen that before. I can't remember who was just the two or three weeks ago. Adam Zing Brooks. It was both. Adam Brooks clears waivers, so Toronto grabs him, and then they have to put him on waivers. And oh, it's literally the next day. <laughs> Winnipeg's like, well, actually, we could use Adam Brooks now. And yeah. then yeah, it was uh, Ryan Dezingle a week after that. So and if you look at with, I, I doubt Matt Murray's going to play another game this year. Right. Um. And you guys could use need, some Harry Sateri. I was just going to say they need somebody to back up. They'd like to send Gustafson back down and let him 750 work on some stuff. grand right in Eugene's wheelhouse. And so, but 
still, you're like, there you go. Yep. That, that's a little somebody who can come he's, in. I don't, so- I don't think he's making it to us. I, whether it's because someone actually needs him or because someone's going to fuck around. We'll- yeah. Well, that's, that's the Leafs lot, yeah. lot in life, right? Yeah. Let's see if we can um, stick it to those and, guys. And Harry's Terry called the Mean Cubs game, too. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I doubt it. I doubt he makes it there, man. I Enough do, too. people looking for goalies. Yep. And I'm saying it's everywhere. I think it's worth a shot, right? Like, where are you going to find this guy? The prices are like a goalie to come in and maybe back up or take over for Campbell. God. We're going to see the price is right. Yeah. Um, the, price is, the price is wrong, but- bitch. <laughs> it was, you know, Kyle and, and the Leafs, they, they're willing to try some stuff, right? And the guy had a great year in the KHL. Let's see if we can sneak him through. And I'm sure you can't, but... It's worth a shot, right? It is. It is. And uh, kudos for the effort, right? I, I like what you're doing there. So we got a bunch of other bigger deals on the table here. We got Claude Giroux ends up with the Panthers. We got Hampus Lindholm with the Brewers. We got Josh Brewers. Bruins. Uh, would have been bigger news if he'd ended up with the Brewers. Josh Manson ends up in Colorado. Where do you want to start here, man? We got guys flying all over the place. I want to start with... Uh Kelly Yarncroft in, okay. in, in Calgary. I think that's a great... And to me, that is when we were talking with the Leafs and and signing, you know, I don't want to sign another guy. Yep. Like, to me, teams that are rolling, like, I'll be interested, in, and really, I'm going to piggyback on the Yarncroft thing to, to talk about Claude Giroux in Florida. When you look at teams that are rolling, you don't want to bring in another top-end guy at the end of his career, a la Peter Bondra right here in Ottawa, <laughs> right? Like who comes in and scores one regular season goal and nothing in the playoffs, right. just buggered up the power play. Like that's the risk you run when you bring in a top two line guy is somebody who's been doing it for you all year now gets bumped down the lineup and he's like, hey man, what's wrong with what I was doing? Whereas a guy like Yarncroke who comes over, he's going to slot into that third line and make that third line even better. And so when you were talking about the Leafs bringing in just a guy in, it can't be just a guy. But it's... It, Although great bang for your, you know, Nick Felino buck. Well, that's what... Okay, let's not do this because last year I said, <laughs> don't do it for yeah, Nick Felino. You said I you're going to like it. It's going to be loved fine. It. Yeah, I, I did. I did love it. I did love it. Now, nobody saw how horribly no. it was going to blow up. Uh, but, all Leaf fans did. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, there's... <laughs> Irrationally, but... Maybe there's uh, a bit of that for me, too, that... Just it, the, the it, last it, little bit on that, as far as the Leafs, the part of, that is being reported is that they may also look at signing Matthew Nyes this year out of college, had a great year in university, and uh, also played on the U.S. Olympic team, as well as Nick Abrazizi. One of those guys, if that can boost your fourth line, like Spez and Simmons both appear to be running out of steam a little bit. If you can boost your fourth line with one of those guys, as opposed to just throwing picks away for, you know, like the the Leafs, their third line is set. They're not breaking up uh, Camp, Engvall, and Mikheyev. Like that line has been so good and they love their first line. The fourth line has been problematic and the second line has struggled lately. So grab a top six forward or bring up some... What some cash up playing? Uh, right now, his head's been banged yeah, off yeah, the wall yeah, again. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Where was he playing? Though? He had been getting some time on that second line with Tavares and Nylander, and he had also been down on the fourth line with Kerfoot a bit. And, okay. Um, you know, with Robertson, with him playing up with uh, Tavares. Yeah, that looks like as a guy with a history of... This is going to be a problem. 
yeah, I've had problems that, that this may be. Yeah. I'm a little it, worried about how that looks. So did not look good going out. And, and all I was saying was, is to me, that's what Toronto needs. If you can find the right guy, which is what a guy like Yarn Croak does. Well, and he's, so, I guess, got a good reputation out there with Lindholm, their, uh, their top center and, uh, Markstrom. Yeah. I guess they're all from the same little hometown in in Sweden. They all train together in the off season. So that was one thing about Calgary. I wouldn't have done much there just because by all account, like it looks like they got lightning in a bottle, right? Like they're playing great. They are like, they're playing for each other. They have a good room. So you want to be really careful with what you bring in there. And because he already has a good reputation, because he can slot around and play a few different positions, and he's got a, a relationship with a bunch of the guys, like, yeah, I, I did like that for Calgary as well. I don't know if I would have loved it as much for Toronto. Well, and you're talking about uh, Yarncroke and, and Lindholm are, are cousins. Right. Like, so not only are they from the same town, but you're talking about a town the size of Peterborough. Right somewhere like north of Stockholm and you now have three guys on your team from there. It just seems <laughs> it is a bit almost, almost improbable. But um, yeah, so to me, I like that kind of trade for a team that is rolling, whereas that's a team that's leading it, leading their division. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, you look at, at Clojureux and the acquisition to Florida. Now, to me, I you know, sort of look at the package and I was you know, underwhelmed, but you are looking at, at them sliding him right in beside potentially Barkov. Sounds like it. And I, and, and you wonder when you make these big splashes, man, I, off the top of your head, can you think of a big splash like that? That's worked. Cause I, cause I really find it, you know, going back to go, yeah, who made the biggest splash? Yeah, and not at the you- deadline or like Kessel came in the summer before. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty rare. Acquisitions, right? And so, because it, I think because it makes such a wave in, in terms of team chemistry, you know. Yeah. It takes a really interesting guy to to go in and say, "Yeah, I'm just going to sort of slide in, try seamlessly into this room, and, and and make room." Whereas, yeah, there's guys, there's guys being displaced right well, now actively. Well, the return on him is interesting because he held all the cards, right? He had the no move clause. So if he says to Philly, yeah, I'm going to Florida and Florida knows that it's hard to, to make, as opposed to this open bidding where he could be sent anywhere, uh, by all accounts, Boston really wanted him. Colorado really wanted him. And if he had sort of made up his mind and I was hearing, you know, just, you know, reading Friedman and those guys throughout the week, Florida knew it was them. And they were just waiting on him to play his thousandth game on Thursday night for Philly. Uh, and once you know that, like your negotiating power is is down to almost nothing. They get Owen Tip; it'll be the big piece. Uh, man, he's been around longer than I thought. I think he, they said he was a 2018 first round pick. Um, so you know, five years ago, and you know, hasn't he drives play not too bad? Uh, got good size. But very little finish to speak of thus far. Um, we'll see what they can turn him into. He was going to have a hard time cracking into that top six in Florida anywhere, anyway, where he was going to need to to be successful. Um, maybe he can do that better in in Philly. Well, uh, you heard some rumors too that that he wasn't loving the organization. Right? Maybe the organization wasn't loving him. Exactly. Right. So, what? Yeah. When you tell the Flyers, hey man, go make a trade with Florida, or else I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. 
yeah, it's trouble, right? So it is one of those things where, yeah, they were absolutely, you know, when you saw him on Thursday or Friday night, whenever that Thursday night. Friday, Friday night, right? Because, oh, no, Thursday, you're right, because they were in Ottawa on Friday. Mm-hmm. That he didn't dress in, in Ottawa, and after, the, they gave him the silver stick before his 1,000th game. Yes. And then he brought his son out, and they did the lap of the ice after his 1,000th game. Because I'm and done like, here. <laughs> yeah, guess what? And the fans knew it. He Like, everybody knows it, right? Yeah. The fans gave him the love right back, and, and you just sort of go. But, yeah, to me, that is, that's the biggest trade. I just, I... I, I wonder if it's if it's not going to backfire, and and if if Florida man it, to me is really things have gone so right for them this mm-hmm. year, and you look at you look at teams behind them that have done less. Yep. Uh, at this point, anyways. Yeah. Um, like Tampa, like Toronto, like Carolina, mm-hmm. right? And you just sort of go. Ah, I I think I'm leaning more towards teams that do less to alter that chemistry. Right. Well, this is one of the things that I've been reading about more and more over the last couple of days is there's a lot of teams giving up a lot and, and we can move around here a bit, but in terms of reinforcing what they already do well instead instead of filling in gaps, right? And you can look at Florida, they already score a fucking ton. And you go out and you add a guy like this instead of plugging some of the really big holes, especially we'll see about Ekblad um, that they have on the blue line. Boston brings in Lindholm. We can talk about that in a, in a minute. They're already a top five team in terms of their defense, right? And maybe they should have been willing to spend more. And again, all of this, as we sit here now, they still might, right? But they're reinforcing that defense, which they already play very, very well. And maybe they need a bit of an offensive boost. And it's like GMs get this idea of, this is what we are and I'm going to lean into that as opposed to trying to plug some of the holes that we have around our lineup. Yeah. And see, and for the last couple of off seasons, this is, this is the thing that I've, I've sort of pointed at Dubas, right? Saying, I'm not sure that works, but he just keeps doubling down on it. And and so I, I I don't like it in the Dubas thing, but, but really (laughs) all I'm saying at this point is, is I'm not sure. I'm not sure at this point in March, soon to be April, that now is the time to be going away from what you do. Yeah, because right? like last I year I felt Dubas went radically too far the other way. Like yeah. overdid it with Simmons and Thornton, and then Felino and Ben Hutton, and you're like, all right, like I got it. <laughs> yeah, the, the this isn't saying, what oh, we are. The people who no one's going to take advantage of us now. Just wait till those guys get out there and give you the business. And you're like, yeah, okay. Right. They're all everyone's 40. Quick. and Yeah, everyone's quaking in their boots yeah. over what Joe Thornton's going to do. Right. Don't rub that beard with a raccoon in it up against me. The one um, thing about the Panthers is they are absolutely just pitching first-round picks overboard like it ain't no thing, right? They, at this point, don't have another one until 2025. Yeah. So that is the next three years without a first-round pick, well, including this year. Um, they are legitimately when you hear the, the phrase "all in." Yeah, they have done that now. Like they are. Well, they went same. out and got Sherratt from uh, from Montreal. Why don't we talk about that one for a second? To me, that is a home run of a trade for Montreal. For to, sure, to get a guy who, you know, to get a first round pick, 
to get a player who I believe was a first-round pick and a third or a fourth. I can't remember now. I had it here in front of me. but Third, it, I want to say. It's uh, like that's a ton to give up for Ben Sherratt. I, I just I don't see that at all. And I understand like their second pair right now is Gustav Forsling. And like that's, Radko the, Gudis. that's the guy I believe Forsling will be the one that I guess Sherratt pushes down. But maybe in practice as well as on the depth chart. <laughs> but well, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you in the playoffs. You now have a because I like that Uyghur Ekblad yes. top pairing. Yeah, and you now have a Sharat Gudis potential second. Watch pairing. your knees, folks. <laughs> well, you there'll be they'll be cross checking, elbowing, and as you say, yes, for sure, your knees are in great jeopardy. Like, See, I would like that as my third pair. I don't like it as my second pair. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, but you have that top pairing is going to take so much well, time. But you've seen, right, like Ekblad is down. Um, now, Frank Cervalli tweeted out, and it got a lot of people all all a Twitter, arms. yes, uh, on the Twitter today saying, uh, money no object right now for the Panthers as Ekblad will be placed on LTIR not expected back in the regular season, but probably in time for the first round. And you're like, yeah. all right. Yeah. So they can now do a couple more things if they need to. Um, and maybe it is to, to sure up the blue line. They did also go out and get I think it was, what is it, Robert Haig from Buffalo today, yeah. just a depth guy, and that's fine. Like, But, man, they're, they're pitching prospects and, and draft picks around like it's nobody's business. And yeah. they well, feel for, like the window's open. Yeah, well... And clearly, it becomes it becomes shorter yes. too, right? That window period when you now are are emptying the cupboard, clank, clank, clank <laughs> things just pitching over your shoulder. What else we got in here? Yeah. How about this half roll of roll aids? Anybody? No, want don't that? pitch those. No, don't pitch those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, because yeah, if you don't go far this spring, you may need a yeah, little, no a little something to soothe. <laughs> um, but yeah, to me, I, I was I was blown away by what. Uh, by what the new management in Montreal was able to acquire for that. And it's like, you know how the unrealistic fan talks about, yeah, well, we're going to get, you know, first round pick and we're going to get, you know, a prospect in a, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If they had got just a first, I would have said too much, too much. Like that guy's not worth a first round pick. They essentially got two and a third. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And so to me, I, I, I think it's, if, if, if Florida wins the Stanley Cup... Looks great. Great. Totally good, right? That This is this is the price of winning a cup. But, man, if they don't, and I don't think they will, right? I, I, I'm not sure I love that team in the playoffs, right? With, mm-hmm. the, way they, with the way they have this devil-may-care right. approach to defense. Uh, I just... Yeah, now, again, if you have a... A couple of guys who don't mind laying the lumber and play a more playoff <laughs> style of game on your on your you know. Depth you may defense. see them shaking Austin Matthews around again, Ben Sherratt. And, uh, <laughs> Wouldn't you love some that? Some grinning, man. yeah. Um, I, it's interesting, just on the prices, and you know, speaking about Sherratt. By all accounts, there was some people breathing a sigh of relief when Colorado went out first and got Josh Manson and gave up a second and a prospect. And you're like, okay, like that's. That seems reasonable to me because Josh Manson, to me, comparable, if not better, than Ben Sherratt. Better. Yeah. And so, okay, second. Of the, and, you know, Friedman said the same thing in a couple of hits that he's done going, 
a lot of GMs kind of went, okay, that's set the market. That's fine. We can work around this. And then all of a sudden, Montreal manages to get Florida to throw them that first. And then the prospect, and you're like, oh, we're doing this again. And that's what it's been ever since. Like, firsts all over the place. Um, Boston gives up a first and I believe a second next year for Hampus Lindholm. And a second the following year. Yeah. Uh, also, a couple of just guys, John Moore is a contract out the door. Vekaninen is... Vekaninen. Yeah, he's just a guy. But Hampus Lindholm comes in there. Maybe you can justify that a little bit more because you have to assume they knew they were going to be able to get that extension done, which they have now. Uh, eight years times $6.5 million for Hampus Lindholm. That that um, that term is somewhere or is a place that Anaheim was not willing to go. Yeah, sorry, it was eight years. Yeah. At 6.5-ish. Yes. Uh, locked in today at 6.5, I yeah. believe they announced. And, and so to me, that's one of those things where you look at it and you go, that had to be in the drawer in a done deal. Yeah, you had to know that, that was coming. Before, yeah. and so that is another reason why you have to likely pay a little more for the right to maybe... Or at least makes you more willing to, we're keeping this guy. But again, I wouldn't assign that extension, right? For a defense-first defenseman... Eight years. Uh, he's, he's already 28 or Yeah, 29. he's going to be 36 by the time this is all said and done. So, uh, you know, I, I don't love that. It, it, I like it for what it could mean for Boston in the next couple of years. And certainly this year where they want to go for it, um, you know, it's maybe a last gasp. There's some talk whether Bergeron will keep playing or not. We'll see. But, you know, I, I like he's the acquisition. Draw, he's going to still play. I him assume and, so. Him and Letang. Yeah, I assume Krejci is going to be back here for these playoffs as well. Um, but yeah, oh, it, it just seems to me that's a good pickup for this playoff run. I don't know that I love the extension, but maybe that's the price of doing business for them right now. Do you, tell me something. Do you think Jake DeBrus gets traded? Yeah, probably by uh, by the deadline, right? By all accounts, and I only say that because I've seen Chris Johnston and Friedman report on that on Sunday, that they assume they will finally honor that trade request uh, by the deadline. Yeah, but for a, for a team that's aging, yeah, like like I I just and and is and has said, yeah, we are going to try and continue to go for it as long as Bergeron and Marchand, you know, you still have that that. Uh, it seems odd that you would flip DeBrusque, unless you're flipping DeBrusque to a team that is is willing to send you something older, but still sort of somewhat proven for something younger. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know how it fits otherwise, because this is a team, as you've said, whose identity is, you know, is a solid defensive team, yep. but doesn't have a pile of depth up front. Right. And so to me, it, it, I would... Now, I, I I would find it odd, depending on what the return was, to flip a guy like Jake DeBrusque. Who, I, You're right. I, it needs to be somebody who can play for you right now in that spot. So do you think, because you've seen they've broken up that perfection line for yeah. a bit there now, right? They've been playing DeBrusque in that Pasternak spot. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you see that as, I think as that's, a showcase? Yeah, a little bit inflate the value. If you, and, and if you are struggling with depth, you know, move Pasternak down and and get a second line going a little bit better. But yeah, I think it can accomplish both in terms of spreading out your depth a little bit when you have to. But I think mostly it was, you know, we can inflate those DeBrusque numbers a little bit and, and show them off on the top line. And I assume 
like they're badly going to want to have that line back together for the playoffs, right? So I, I just think anything that can kind of get that done, our, our unhappy guy versus your unhappy guy, you know, there's others out in the league that just haven't been as public, right? Or haven't been reported. You could, you could find somebody mid twenties, another sort of Jake DeBrusque, I think is. Can I interest you in a Zach Sanford? You cannot. And a Chris Tierney. It's going to have to be more than that. I think. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure I want Jake DeBrusque. No, fair enough. But I'm just saying, uh, you know what I got? The Sanford's won a cup. How about that? What did you think of, uh, I don't think much, so I'm moving off. Okay, of yeah, I, I would too, Matt, just for the record. San Jose locks up long-term, um, eight years times $8.1 million, Thomas Hurdle. I think it's genius, Matt. Okay. I think it's genius if you're looking for... <laughs> if your name is Thomas Hurdle. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because if you're looking at another way to further stall yeah. a franchise that... Is aging we need out more long, yeah. big long, like long term <laughs> contracts. You got Burns, you got Vlasic, you got Carlson. You like, yep. and now and you're gonna next throw- year you got Timo Meyer looking at that going. Okay, that's my number, right? Like, yeah, and you can't have that guy there with that same number. And again, Hurdle is another twenty eight or twenty nine year old guy. Yep. Like, I Hurdle's got nice numbers, mm-hmm. but. Well, and how about in the next calendar year or so, the number of guys looking at that and going, oh, thank you. Philip Forsberg is happy to see that number. Johnny Goudreau is happy to see that number. Nazem Kadri loves that number. JT Miller loves that number, right? You gave Thomas Hurdle $8.1 million. I'm worth every bit what that guy's worth. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's San Jose who forever did good, good work out there. Yeah. Right, continued to put. They had a good culture with Pavelski, Marlowe, Couture, mm-hmm. Thornton. Right, you had this nice core, and it just you were sort of continually refreshing around the edges yeah. and and doing good work, fiscally responsible. And then shit's just gone sour. Like this, this smacks of bo and desperation. <laughs> Like a good cab ride on a Saturday night. (laughs) A Brantford cab ride. (laughs) (laughs) Had to zero rate in. (laughs) Yeah, well, we've all been there. Yeah, for sure. It's it's gross. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like to me, this is, somebody has to, somebody's got to be the adult in the room there in in San Jose and say. It's over. It's over. And this is it. Like I'm seeing their local reporter saying this is a commitment to becoming good fast. I'm like, no, this is a commitment to staying bad for long, right? Like, Matt, I hope you, I hope you tweeted back. (laughs) I did because exactly that. Because that is that is absolutely the case. And it's not because hurdle is bad. It's because you can't. You don't have room to keep doing this. No, of course it's not. It it is the it. You know, the it it is more nuanced than that, right? Yeah, Thomas Hurdle, not a not a bad player, but you go, yeah, now he's just another old guy that you've <laughs> by the time this gets to be halfway through, yeah, he's not going to be the $8.1 million player. And yet he's now on the pile with all these other guys. I don't even know where Couture's contract is at. <laughs> like I assume sort of go, it's got several years left. <laughs> that's well, just what they do. I was just gonna say, because that is the MO in, yeah. in Northern California. You're like, what are you doing? So I get it. If you're like, oh, we like him and we're just going to keep retaining them. But you, 
you have a, a group already that's not going to make the playoffs. Right. Won't make the playoffs again next year. And, and what is the future? You have these aging out guys, and I don't. And I don't just mean like, hey, they're not going to be good in a couple of years. Man, they have the Some tread is warm, yeah. thin on them right now. Vlasic chief amongst them right like Carlson had a bit of a bounce back at the beginning of the year like some of these guys will be serviceable for a while but aren't going to be worth that money and aren't worth it now and I was going to say I want my 11 million dollar defenseman to be serviceable right so uh why don't we jump back to Tampa here briefly because I missed that one when we were touring through the people lobbing their stars and great contracts into the Atlantic division, but not to Toronto uh Tampa has traded uh two first round picks Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish to Chicago for a fourth round pick and Brandon Hagel. Uh, Brandon Hagel, not necessarily a household name, but having a nice year for Chicago, locked up for three more years at just $1.5 million. So when you're looking at everything that Tampa gave up, you have to look at a first round pick is for the player and a first round pick is for that contract right because Tampa is up against it to get a guy who can play kind of middle six minutes at that cap number is super valuable and so that's what the second pick is for and then essentially Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish who were both world junior guys just haven't quite hit yet in Tampa if you do the math it's basically dollar for dollar what Hagel is making within 17 grand Chris Johnston did the math those players went out just to make it fit because Tampa is so up against it. So there's a lot going back and forth, but man, that's what Julian Brisebois in Tampa Bay does, right? Like that's a brilliant pickup. It's it's a lot to give up, but you now have that guy for three more years, and they've basically identified that's their window. They've got three more years of taking runs at this. Well, and if you look at what he's done, he's been incredibly successful at that freight this year. Hagel. Right? Like that, yeah. that, yeah, Hagel. That's one of those names where you're like, what? Yep. He has how many goals? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, the shooting percentage, a little inflated, but nothing to the point where you'd be afraid that next year he won't be worth 1.5 million. He absolutely will be. Yeah. Well, anything, those shooting percentages, you know, when they get close to 20%. Yeah, you get a bit nervous. <laughs> you get a lot, a lot nervous. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you are looking at if you can get depth production for that money. Yeah. Yeah, it's super steep, but what do you care now when you are looking for, uh, again, prolonging a window where you've already won two cups? Yeah. It's not like, hey, we're trying to throw things out for our first cup and we're not sure. Mm-hmm. You are going all in on a smart financial. Yeah, and you get the benefit of the doubt too, right? <laughs> like you've done it before and, and it's worked. This is it. And you keep, continue to bring in fresh guys, right, to help you move forward. Yeah. Uh, so to me, there's there's lots of interesting things there. There was a report, I believe it was Dreger. I can't remember. He's got me blocked on Twitter, so it's a pain in the ass to go and check when other people are quoting him. <laughs> Get it together here, Dreger. Uh, there was a report that the Leafs had an offer in, or Chicago said to Toronto, same thing. We want two first round picks. We want Matthew Nyes, and and it was going to be Peter Morazic for this guy for Marc-Andre Fleury and Brandon Hagel. And Leafs Twitter immediately balked at it. As soon as it came, obviously the deal with Tampa was done. This is Dreger reporting, here's what Toronto's ask was. You can't give all that up 
and just a complete failure to understand that Peter Morazic is negative value right now. You're, you're paying them something to take him for you. So you're paying for Hagel, you're paying for Flurry, and you're paying them to take Morazic from you. And like, it's a ton. Like Matthew Nye's, people are blown away with how good he's been. And, and we'll see, right? Like these university kids, sometimes they come out and they yep. catch on right away. Sometimes they don't plus the two first round picks, but that's the type of deal it's going to take. And I, I just think it's an illustration of sometimes how fans don't understand the full value of the, or lack of value of things, right? right? Like we're not giving you Peter Morazic. No, you're, <laughs> no one wants Peter Morazic. You're paying someone to take Peter Morazic for you. Well, um, so that would have been the meal or the deal for Toronto. And how many more years does Morazic have on his contract? Two after this one. Yeah. See, like that costs shit too. Yep. That's it. Right that's all it. Like you're paying them. You want their two players and you want them to take a, a burden from you. <laughs> so An anchor. It's, yeah. It's expensive. And uh, what's Dorian doing? Yeah, exactly. See what that guy's <laughs> up to. Because could we interest you in another Zaitsev type issue? <laughs> what, you got you got to sweeten it with a Connor Brown. What do you have? Because we could uh, we could use another one of those. To <laughs> I look at Connor Brown and it helps me not think about Nikita Zaitsev. Yeah, that's right? like, the way we all felt in Toronto too. <laughs> right. Saturday, Saturday night there was a, there was a play in the Montreal game which was going atrociously for yeah. Ottawa. Um, they're like, oh no, Zaitsev, Zaitsev's lost his stick. And I'm like, fuck it. Who cares, man? He doesn't use it anyways. <laughs> and then, yeah, like within five seconds, he got hit by the puck. And you're like, see, that's, that's the best we can hope for. Get in the way of somebody. Hopefully it's not your goalie right. or another defenseman. And, and you just go, get, just, just, just let the puck hit you. Yep. Could you do that? No. Cause usually he's running the opposite direction. Oh, here, leave a slot. It's yours, my friend. <laughs> Goodwill. Yeah, no, he's brutal. He's True, brutal. Man. And so I know you know, and, yeah. I'm, uh, and I'm sure this is something Matt likes to hear. It's a little giddy. Yeah, it's making my day. Man, the, 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 little, the little clock has gone off on him yeah. two years ago. Like, it's just brutal. So, but we now have Travis Hamannick, so. <laughs> Things are looking up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, the Josh Brown, if he's still here, like somebody's saying the rumors of Josh Brown. I'm like, who's taking that guy? I saw that on Twitter too. Like, uh, so I was a Senators fan going, "Oh my god!" Like, I get so excited at the idea that someone might want Josh Brown from us. I will drive you to the airport. I'm sure Josh Brown's a good guy, right? No I'm doubt. Sure, I, I, you hate to talk about these people yeah, like big they're Memorial just Cup champ, good captain Oshawa of, boy. of your yeah, Oshawa that's Generals. Right, Let's go, you Jennings. Woo. <laughs> How about that? Not bad, eh? Nah, it's pretty good. Okay. So, but yeah, yeah, I'll drive him. Yeah. I'll drive him to the airport. If you if, if somebody's willing to take him, don't even give us a pick. No. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We don't need your seventh round. Whatever. Just leave it be. There's only so many Brian Elliott's out there as the last guy in the draft. So whatever you're gonna give us with that. Um, I, I don't need it. But there's just there's all kinds of crazy shit happening there, Matt. Uh, I expect there will be all kinds of crazy shit happening between now and three o'clock on Monday, but that's where we sit right now. Any of the, uh, anything I've missed here or any other deals that you wanted to, uh, to weigh in on before we shut this one down? No, 
No, I, I think it'll really be interesting to see. Who's the big winner so far? Who's done the best? Uh, I I like I like the Manson acquisition in yeah in in Colorado. If you look at that as somebody who's going to slot in on a defense that that is talented, but you know if that can move out one of the one of the two Johnsons, Johnsons yes, yeah, further down. Too many Johnsons right? flopping around in the zone. Big Johnsons, yeah. That's yeah everyone loves a big Johnson. <laughs> um, I like what they've done. Uh, I do, as I said, I like the yarn croak edition in, in Calgary. Yeah. Um, but I'll be interested. I think the big loser is the networks, considering that the <laughs> James Dutt, majority... these tweeting out all over the place, like, enough, stop, right? Like, I well, give up. <laughs> and they're on at 8 a.m. Yeah. Like a full seven hours before the deadline. And so when you look at the volume of stuff that's already happened, now there's still lots that's of. 4 a.m. on the West Coast, too, right? Like, how many deals are really getting made with the Western Conference teams? Yeah, well, it was an interesting point I, I I heard the other day, which was they're going on at eight, which is five p.m. on the, uh, five a.m. on the West Coast. Yep. Um, a full two hours before Sportsnet. Yep. Right, and and to me, I'm never going to Sportsnet, and so no, nope. TSN is where I want to be, anyways. Yep. So you wonder if if going in two hours later, Sportsnet's already said, you know, fuck it, whatever. It. No, nobody's coming here. We might as well, we might as well want it two o'clock because. You're already, the early watchers are already going to TSN and are you ever leaving there once you're like, once you're on someplace and you're following? Occasionally, if uh, TSN goes to commercial, I'll flip just to see if the other one's still on, but I'm not staying. And, and to me, Friedman and CJ were the only reasons to watch Sportsnet and CJ is going to be on TSN now. So sorry, Freed, right? Like, yeah, I sure do. (laughs) So... it's just I was look- it's not as good of a broadcast. Right. Uh, I was looking at the standings this morning, uh, pre-deadline here, but you have a very real possibility. So, the again, the eight teams in the East already cemented. Yep. You have a very real possibility that all eight teams could crack 100 points. I'd be surprised at this point if all eight did not. It really is nuts. And obviously, I've been looking at all this through a grown and irritated blue set of goggles, right? Like at the time when the Leafs are doing some of their best business, you've got Tampa out there in some, you know, every year cracking a hundred points. Florida's now jumped into the fray. Yeah. Boston's always great. And you're just like, come on. And if we circle back, I asked you who, you know, who you think's won thus far or done the best so far for me, they haven't done a ton. But it's Tampa. Like that move, you're just like, fuck, that's such a good move, right? Like that's such a Tampa move, move, right? Like that's what you should be doing right now when, yeah, look, you've you've only got a couple years left in this window. You kind of do the the Pittsburgh thing, right? Where as long as we got Crosby and Malkin, we're going for it. And and you look around and you find that guy that A is available, B doesn't make much money, and C kind of fits the role you need for him. And, and to just see them come across it first and get that deal done, you're just like, damn it. Like, that's such a Tampa move, right? Where, well, again, you look at the Coleman and Goudreau, and you're like... Yeah, I was just going to say. those You gave up a lot for what those players were, but they fit perfect into what you needed them to be, and you went on runs. and got a cup out of them. Yeah, so... I just, that one to me, I looked at it and went, fuck, that's really smart. Like, that's well, really good. And it's a smart, it's a smart financial move. Yeah. 
but it, you're right. It is one of those things where it, it grows old, the talk of, you know, Goudreau and Coleman and how they each got a first to New Jersey and San Jose. And yep. you're like, blah, blah, blah. That's one off. That's the lightning in the bottle again. Yeah. But then, you, then you're right. Then you get the hey, the Hagel deal, and you're like, oh, they did it wait. again. <laughs> what are we doing? Who, yeah. We're Toronto is paying fifty guys in the front office to do what? What are you doing? Pretty much. Who's man. getting the coffees? <laughs> What's happening here? I need somebody more than a, a paperweight. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, but yeah, if you look at, and to me, those teams are all in the playoffs, so it's the eight. Yeah. But with twenty games left. Washington is is the is the is the poor sister at at eighty points. Right, they have twenty games to go. Like you just have to go five hundred. I I don't think it's unreasonable no. to expect them to go five hundred to get a hundred points. But you have Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. Three points, man. Throw a hoop around those guys. Yep. Three points separate those three teams as the second, third, and fourth in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. With 19, 20, and 20 games to go. I think Tampa has played one more than than Boston and Toronto. Something like that. I think actually Boston, or Boston has played one less than both Tampa and Toronto, I think. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, it's right in that in yep. where yep. it's not unreasonable to think that Toronto could finish second. It's right. not unreasonable to think that Toronto could finish fourth. Yep. Which to me is not... Or me, Tampa. Yeah, no, for sure. For well, that's sure. it. Like and, for a week now, I've been hearing God oh, t- Toronto. They got Boston right on their heels, and they're knocking. They could overtake them. Like Boston's two behind us, and we're one behind Tampa. Why aren't we talking about Tampa's got Toronto right, right on their? No, right. we don't want to frame it that way. So, well, they're all well, right there together. Well, see, and I don't care. No, but it, one way or the other, everything's a catastrophe in Toronto. That's just how it's got to be I know, presented. But to me, I would almost, and I know we have a lot of time to break this down. Yeah, but. If you if you asked yourself on March twentieth or whatever today is, if Toronto did fall to fourth mm-hmm. in the Atlantic, get the Panthers. Wor- like worst case scenario, they're, they're never falling out of the playoffs. No. If they fell to fourth, they get maybe Carolina or worst case scenario Florida, right? I, which I don't think is going to I don't happen. think that's the worst case scenario. Those, to me Carolina is a worse uh, matchup for us than than Florida. For, okay, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you, right? Is is to me I want to play Florida before I play Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. I think so. And I think so before anyways, I want to play as, Carolina. Like Carolina scares me a lot. That's a bad matchup for us. And I kind of go, well, I'm ready to see playoff Freddy, but yeah. I've also seen Carolina protect a 40-year-old Zamboni driver, so yeah, maybe Oof. Freddie can get that done. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and yeah, you look at that guy with, to me, yeah, he dropped a sweet right 788 save percentage in Toronto last week. Yeah, but honestly, everybody's dropping. Like, to me, that whole idea of, can I get more than... The John Graham 750 goal right. save percentage can that seems to be going around the league, and we talked about it last it's week. Right, awful right now. The, the the amount of of what appears to be bad goaltending is yeah. is just unbelievable. And is it bad goaltending or is it okay? And I got one more question, Matt. Okay, and you could you know you can dismiss it if you like. I, I really, it's more of an opinion on your part. With the Leafs loss last night, nice Austin Matthew got his 46th goal, whatever yep. it was. The two games he's out, 
zero goals against, two goals against. So two goals in the two games, both wins. He comes back in, another five spot. Am I? Am I? Am I looking for bad things? Is Austin Matt, Matthews or? the problem? Well, okay, and 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 clearly not. I want. I'd take him. Right? Like to me, if you, the guy scores goals, like we've got dicks like Jesus. Right? It's <laughs> it's good to go. Yeah. So I'm just asking you if there's any thoughts on that. I, not really. I to me, it just. You hear all the time, right, that a big guy's out, everybody buckles down a bit, plays a little harder. I don't know if there's anything to that or not, and then you completely give up when they return. I, I just, I didn't think overall. I, I saw a headline on Sunday morning that was, Leafs put in a great effort but fall to Nashville. I'm like, what? What was the great effort? Like, they did not play well in that game. So I don't necessarily think it had a whole lot to do with Kevin BX at begs to differ. Yeah, well, he does that a lot. <laughs> I, 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 anyway. I like Bieksa, right? Sometimes I agree with him, sometimes I don't. I think he's good on that panel. But to me, I just didn't think they were very good. And to me, whether Matthews was part of that, you know, he got a, as you said, he scored a goal. Um, I don't know. I, it, to me, they just sort of seem to be going through the motions right now, and they can't really afford to do that. Now, they are 8-4-2 yeah, and, and two in and, their last... Whatever, yeah, yeah. So. And, and, and in no way am I suggesting you don't want Austin Matthews in your lineup. Scratch him. And, and that he is to blame for this. I just... Coincidence? I think so. Okay. There we I go. Think so. All right, then. Well, wind this one down here. Uh, I will be one of those people with uh, TSN on in the background on Monday and uh, venting my frustrations on Twitter at Tall Can Audio. So... Uh, you can give us a follow Getting there. Blocked by more insiders. You know, insiders. I don't. It makes me crazy, and it really shouldn't. Because like even Dragger, when he's blocked me, I guess he thinks he's. You just kind of log out and then click on the link again, and it you're in, and because he's got a public account. So I don't know what the point was, but I, I remember I made like a sarcastic, shitty comment on uh, something two or three years ago, and he just fucking blocked me out of nowhere. It's like, all right, I guess we're done here. And, but it's a nuisance now, right? Like, because everybody quote tweets him, and it's just so and so's opinion. Oh, I hope not. And then the thing underneath is, you are not able to see this tweet. You're like, it's a bit much, man. Yeah, it's making it hard for me to rant and rave like a lunatic. I'll find a way, well, though. I, <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're diligent that way. I'm for equipped sure. for that. Yeah, I'll find a way. So. Uh, we'll wind this one down here. Don't forget, John Wing is on the podcast on Thursday. Michael Barclay a week from Thursday. Some good stuff coming up. Rob, of course, will be back in between, holding down that Monday. I'm blanking. Staple. Staple. The flagship show. Yeah, the flagship would be uh, closest to what I was looking for. So, the sta- the staple show. Okay. The Monday morning staple. Yeah. All right. People. <laughs> All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Because I, I guarantee you there's been 14 trades in the hour we've sat here talking anyway. So Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. And good the people know. We've given up both the first round pick and their best prospect. All it's of them. totally good. Everybody's gone. Yes. Lilligren and Robertson and the first and Nyes and whoever we were going to draft next year, he's gone. Uh, well, as we'll long see. as they hold on to that Shalagrin guy, we're totally good. Shalagrin. Shalgrezna, as we're calling him around here. I, I'm getting yeah, your tweets, uh, people. <laughs> I see it. Yes, I know. 
that other Leaf podcast that seems to be routinely now talking about stuff that we've said a week or so earlier or tweeted a week or so I'm aware. I've seen it. I see your direct messages. I see your mentions. I'm just not getting into it. It's not going to be even worth it. Uh, on that note... Be we'll, better, whoever you are. Yeah, Whoever you are. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you on the next Talk and Audio. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.